Legacy means a lot of things to a lot of people. To some, it's lasting integrity. It's building and maintaining a history of greatness. It's making an impact on people and community. For others, it's dependable security and assurance in an uncertain time. To us, it's all of that and more. It's a mindset of brother and sisterhood of hardworking people dedicated to doing the right thing for you and those you care about. Of growing today for a better tomorrow. That's what legacy means at Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group. What does it mean to you? Let's talk legacy. Welcome to Let's Talk Legacy. My name is Gary Michaels. I'm the host of the podcast, and we have a very special guest today, Stephen Ajay. Stephen is an author, healthcare consultant, and entrepreneur. He's the founding partner of Blue Cloud Health, a UK-based healthcare firm that exists to provide solutions to health businesses in sub-Saharan Africa, as well as an award-winning consultant pharmacist who has worked with Britain's National Health Service. He holds an MBA from Warwick Business School, one of the top business schools in the world, and is also an executive contributor for Brains Magazine. Boy, you, you've done a lot, my friend. I have done a lot, yeah, I done, and I'm still doing a lot, but yeah, yeah, I have, I have. Well, our podcast is all about highlighting the lives of people that have made an impact on this world. We're all about helping people leave a legacy, and what you've done in your life, there's certainly legacy on your mind when you do what you do. So let's dig into some of the questions here. We, we all know that starting a business is tough. Most UK and US startups fail by the 10th year, and it's even worse in developing countries such as in Africa, which you say is the most entrepreneurial continent in the world. Yes. Tell us about your background, your ties to Africa, and what makes the continent such a hot spot for entrepreneurialism. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you, Gary. Um, and I, it's a privilege to be here. I've done a quite a few podcasts, but only two of them are about legacy, and you're one of the two. So you're certainly doing something um, that's completely different from everybody else, and it's no wonder you're so popular. Thank you. I'm privileged to be on the show. Um, sure. From my background, yes, um, I was born in the UK. I was born in, in England. And then I, my, my parents moved to Africa, to Ghana, when I was five years old. Um, I, I then got all my education in Ghana. And then I trained to be a pharmacist, and then I came back to the UK um, in 2001. So I, I started to do pharmacy. I felt very, very uncomfortable. I felt like I needed to do something more. So I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. So I just went to business school. And when I went to business school, um, it took me two years. On my last year, it hit me that I could, I could develop a healthcare consultancy company for Africa. So I, that's what I did. It was very, very tough. So I lost a lot of money. I got duped. I crashed two cars. I had epilepsy. I went bankrupt. I nearly lost my marriage. I was ready to give up. I just said to myself, this is it. Nothing's happening. But something drastic happened to me. Due to the stress, unfortunately, I got epilepsy. I've been battling with epilepsy. I've had fits. And they came from nowhere, really. Um, the first one I had was when I was driving my brand new Pride and Joy. Um, I crashed it and ended up in hospital. I've been battling with it ever since. But this day, that on that day, something strange happened, which was I was upstairs and I keep a journal like most entrepreneurs do. So I keep a journal. And I've been writing in the journal for years and years and years. And it occurred to me that I could write a book, I could be an author, um, but I didn't have the confidence. I thought there were so many books on entrepreneurship. And um, what more could I add to it that's different from everybody else? So I wrote everything in the book and I thought, should I or should I not? So I had a massive fit upstairs and I crashed down the stairs 
and I crashed into a radiator. I was there was blood everywhere, and I I went to a trance. I had a sort of epiphany. I was I was I was out cold. I was foaming at the mouth. It was really bad. And then I wanted to. I don't know what I said. Epiphany, a trance, a dream. I don't know what you want to call it. But I I just saw the book in my hands. I saw myself writing the book in my hands. And when I came to, I mean, my wife was screaming. My kids were hysterical because they thought I was gone. But when I came to, I thought to myself, the first thing I said to myself is, I have to write this book. And within four months, the book was done. It went on to be a bestseller in 18 categories. It's just been a miracle how it happened. Tell our listeners a little bit about the book and what the premise is. So the book, like you said, you asked me the question, why are so many entrepreneurs failing? So I look back over my journey and I spoke to lots of entrepreneurs that had failed or those that had failed and succeeded. And I realized that the journey of entrepreneurship can be divided into three phases. The first one is what you call the honeymoon phase. You know, you got to get your purpose. You have to know who you are and you have to have a passion and all that stuff that books talk about. So that's what we call the honeymoon phase. So it's important as an entrepreneur that you get your honeymoon phase locked down. Okay. You know why you are here and your why. Why do you want to do that? But I call it the honeymoon phase because it's the foundation of entrepreneurship. Okay. So if you don't have your honeymoon phase locked down, then you're likely to fail. So the next phase is what you call the formative phase. And the formative phase is where you hit the pain. Okay, and I talk about a lot about pain in, 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 my, in my book, which I call it Pay the Price. And essentially, there are four kinds of pain that every entrepreneur will face. And the first one is called white flag pain. And I call it white flag because it's, the, it, it's just a white flag. It's, it's the unfairness of life. So I develop epilepsy. That's unfair. Some people have loads of issues that prevent them from being successful, which is not their fault. And that's what I call white flag pain. And there's amber flag pain, which is the pain of waiting. Okay, now I call it amber because when you're driving, and you get to an amber light, you have to stop and wait. So I call that pain amber flag pain, which is the pain of waiting. Um, the third pain is, the, is what we call green flag pain, which is the pain that people tell you about. People say, you, you're no good, this is not going to work. It's thing that you tell yourself. I call it green flag because even though that's pain, you have to keep going. And then the red flag pain is what I call the pain of self-sabotage. And that's the thing that we do to ourselves. So all entrepreneurs go through these four stages. And, and that's what I call the formative phase. Then from there, you go to the legacy phase, which is what interested me to try to get into your podcast. And the legacy phase, um, there's four kinds of legacy you can leave as an entrepreneur. And the first one is called the philanthropists, which we all know about. Um, so a philanthropist is somebody who does good. I define a philanthropist as somebody who didn't do so well in their business or who are not known for their business, but they are known for their kindness. And I give an example of Jimmy Carter, for instance. So Jimmy Carter was not a very popular president. I mean, he lost the election by a wide margin. Um, he wasn't very popular when he was there. But now he's become a massive philanthropist, extremely popular. He's won the Nobel Peace Prize. So that's one kind of legacy that an entrepreneur can leave. The second uh, legacy is what we call the purists. So the purist is somebody who leaves a legacy based on what on their business. And that's it. So a typical example is Steve Jobs. When you think of Steve Jobs, you don't think of him as, as, a, as a philanthropist. You think of him as somebody who founded Apple and did a good job with Apple. So that's a purist. The third one is what you call the profligates. So the profligates is somebody who's had a bad life, a bad personal life, and a bad business life. So the business has failed, and the person's personal life has failed. So you can think of people like uh, like Jeffrey Epstein, for instance, Elizabeth Holmes, um, and people like that. They they are what you call profligates. They've ruined their lives, and they've ruined the lives of their business. And the final one, which we should all aspire to become, is what I call the pathfinder. So the pathfinder is somebody who's done well in their business and has also done well in their personal life. So there are four kinds of legacies. 
And every entrepreneur, whether you like it or not, if you don't make an intentional decision in your honeymoon phase, when you start, you are going to end up as a profligate if you're not careful because your red flag pain, which is the thing that sabotages you, will ruin you and ruin your business and you end up at different upside. But if you make an intentional decision that I'm going to be a, 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 I'm going to build a, big, a good business and also be a good person, then you have the legacy of the, of the pathfinder. So back up a second. So you're saying if a person's not a good person, they can't build a good business. I mean, that makes sense, right? But, yeah. but let's dig into that. Yeah. Let's take Steve, Steve Jobs. Okay, now when you think of Steve Jobs, okay, you don't think of Steve Jobs as somebody who, who cared for the environment. You don't, you don't think of Steve Jobs as somebody who was a philanthropist who gave away his money for good causes. No. You think of Steve Jobs as purely the, the founder of Apple and the legacy he left was to Apple. Now if you think about someone like Tim Cook, Tim Cook is different. Okay, so Tim Cook also is doing well with Apple. But Tim Cook is championing diversity. He's championing the environment. He, he gives lots of his money away to charity. Tim Cook's legacy is different from Steve Jobs. Got it. And Steve Jobs famously used to say that the good you can do is to give away money to your shareholders who can do the good that they want to do. So that was his quotes. So your background was in healthcare. Yes. And then people are probably wondering, how did you cross into the entrepreneur world? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I'm, I'm still in the healthcare business. So Blue Cloud Health basically is as an entrepreneur company that incubates healthcare companies in Africa. And we also do a lot of healthcare strategy. We find that a lot of, a lot of healthcare companies like doctors, pharmacists, nurses, they don't really read business books. They don't really dig into business. They just start their hospital and they expect the hospital to just run. And obviously, we know that's not the case. So healthcare professionals need strategy as much as people building software. People building um, um, whatever buildings that you, you, have to, you have to build. But we find that healthcare in particular have high failure rates because they don't take the business part of it into consideration. So a lot of the work that we do in Africa and, and more so now in more parts of the world is we add the, the business part of it, the strategy part of it to healthcare. Got it. Now you say there's a lot of books out there about success, but your book, Pay the Price, which is such a great title, my friend. I just, <laughs> yeah. Why do we need to talk more about failure? You talk about that in your book, but why is failure important? Because often people talk about, and I don't necessarily agree with it, you know what? Let's not worry about that. That's the past. Let's move forward. I think it is positive to move forward. And I think it is positive to look at the vision, And but there's also a lot to be learned from your failures. Exactly. 90% of people are failing and, and it gets better with your second try, but actually People that fail and try again have a higher chance of success. So 90%, I mean, it's worse in, in Africa, where, like I said, it's the most entrepreneurial country in the world, because people don't want to pay the price. People want to, they read of all these books about entrepreneurship, follow your passion. You've got to start with why, have your purpose, be intense, be intentional. And people mention failure or failure will happen to you, but just get up and go with it. But it's not that simple, um, which is why I, I dedicate about half of the book talking about pain and, 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 and the kinds of pain that people go through, you know, because it's not enough to say that you go through pain. Now, pain is the same. We all, we all feel the same pain, but the sources of your pain are different. Is your pain caused by self-sabotage? Is it caused because of people are talking to you and you're not listening? Or is it caused because of your own self-doubts? Is it caused because you haven't waited long enough? Is it caused because of, of the fact that life is unfair? There are different reasons why people go through pain. So it is very essential to to knock down on why you're going through pain and how that pain can be solved and sorted out. And that's why I think I, I get a lot of the book to pain. 
Can you talk deeper about what legacy means to business? Why is legacy important? Yes, legacy is crucial, um, Gary, it's crucial. And I think somehow the way we define legacy has contributed a lot to this, th this thinking. I'll give an example. So um, when COVID hits, I was working in as a pharmacist and I vaccinated 10,000 people uh, personally. Now, each person that came to me had a vaccine for me and walked away. That is a legacy. So I left something of me into the person. Each time somebody hears your podcast, reads your book, each time everybody that you meet, you are leaving a legacy. So we need to stop thinking of legacy as something that you leave behind when you die and move to the fact that your legacy is something you're living every single day of your life. If somebody comes um, to, to you guys, to, 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 to Southwestern and family, and they have a bad experience with one of your, your, one of your, um, one of your brokers, that's a legacy they've left. Because you know, that person will leave with a bad feeling and may never come back to you again. So we need to move away from legacy. Think of legacy as something you leave behind. And, and think of legacy as something you're always leaving every single day. Every interaction that you have is a legacy. You know, because it's okay to think, oh, I'm going to retire, sell the company, or die, and I hope that when I die, the company will continue. That's fine. But what are you doing now to make sure that you're leaving a legacy every single day? Well, you talk about the four subgroups that you talked about a moment ago, but you also talk about two broad groups. Yes, I do. So you have a legacy of place and a legacy of power. A legacy of place is, is, is based on where you are, okay? So your business. The power is you as a person. The place is your business. Right. So a good legacy place is somebody who has left a good impact in their business. A bad legacy place is somebody who has left a, a failure in their business or who hasn't done well in their business. So good power is somebody who has left a lasting impact with their lives. A bad power is somebody who has left a bad leg legacy with their personal lives. So if you put them together, you can have somebody with good power and good place, which is a pathfinder. Got it. Somebody with good power and bad place, which would be a philanthropist in, in that case. You can have someone with a bad power and bad place. And that would be someone like Jeffrey Epstein, Elizabeth Holmes. And then you can have someone with good place, but bad power, which would be Steve Jobs. Broadly speaking, you have your power, which is what you have as an individual, as a person, and your place, which is your place of business. How many people make it to the good place and power? Very few. So um, obviously, we talk about, if you talk about big people, okay, then someone like Bill Gates would, would qualify, okay, because he's done Microsoft, which has led, which has led to obviously Microsoft. We all use Microsoft, and then he's also done the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, okay. So he's done a good place with Microsoft, a good power with the foundation that he's left behind, okay. There's, uh, there's somebody I talk about talk about in the book as well, um, called Strive Masiwa. He's African, okay? He's the, the first black billionaire in the UK from Zimbabwe. He's educated 100,000 orphans. He works with Richard Branson. He works with um, um, Tim Cook. He works with a lot of people uh, regarding the climate. Um, he works with farmers. And also, he's built a multi-billion dollar business in telecoms. So such a person. So we call it Pathfinder. I love talking to you because... I speak so much about a person's why and a person's purpose. And I think that people have those conversations, but they don't go deep enough. I think they have those conversations and it's, oh, we talk about it at the workplace for a few minutes and we move on or we read something. Oh, yeah, I got to have purpose. But very few people actually dig in to what drives them their motivation, what their real purpose is, if they weren't there, would they? are they so focused on it? Have they taught others to, to continue their purpose? 
And is it the most important thing in their life second to family? So talk to me a little bit about purpose, because I know that's important to you. Yes. When we talk about purpose, we obviously think about it as what you can contribute and leave behind when you're gone. Okay. And what you contribute to people outside your business. Okay. So for me, for instance, I'm passionate about Africa. Okay. I love Africa. Okay. I mean, and so my purpose for me is not just to build a successful business in Africa, which we've done, but it's also to make sure that everything I do is to make the continent better. So how does that equate into real life? For instance, I had a, a deal brought to me um, about two years ago, which is a $30 million deal. Okay. Now this deal was for somebody who wanted to dump software rubbish and they couldn't find anywhere to dump it. So they've been all around the world and, and the companies were paying him to dump this software um, software waste. So he came to me and said, Stephen, I know you deal with healthcare and I know you're quite good in Africa. We want to offer you $30 million. Um, and I know that you're from Ghana and Ghana has the biggest software dump in the world. It's called Abubushi. It's huge. It's absolutely massive. We know that you can get this done, $30 million. Now, my purpose is to make the continent better, not worse. I turned it down, even though that could have made me very rich very quickly and I would have had no repercussions because people are always doing this every single day and dumping rubbish and getting away with it. That would be against my ideals. I turned it down um, and I didn't even blink or button at it because I knew straight away that that was against my purpose. So purpose is a good thing because it drives you forward and it also lets you know what you should not do. Okay, um, I will never be a model or a beautician or, or anything like that because I know that's not my purpose. So the whole thing to do is to stick with what you, to know what you've been called to and every day do something better to move you towards that purpose. Yeah. Now you're currently working on your next book, In Search of Permanence, which is in many ways purpose, right? <laughs> to, to make it stick. Permanence and seeking permanence goes hand in hand with leaving a legacy. So tell us about the focus of this book. So, so you have obviously an entrepreneur who starts his business, okay? And then you have a lot of books about success and where you've done well and stuff like that. There are very few books that tackle the middle phase, okay? So the middle phase for entrepreneurs is when you're doing well, you've hit your stride, but you're not quite there yet. So there's the entrepreneurship phase, but you find that a lot of companies are failing. They, 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 they do well to a point, but they're not able to achieve permanence. So either the company lasts 10 years, and actually the, the average lifespan of a company in the modern world now is 10 to 15 years. So people start to work very well. After 10, 12, 13, 14 years, the company breaks down. So how do you start a company and do well and continue to do well so that you can hit the legacy phase? So in many cases, a lot of companies fail at the formative phase. When they go through the pain, the struggle, they don't choose partners properly or think they want a lot of cash or stuff like that. So the book is permanent. It's meant to continue from pay the price where you've passed the entrepreneurship phase, but you're not quite at the legacy phase yet. That in-between period, it breaks my heart when I when I when I walk down our high streets. I'm not sure that it's the same in the US, but in the UK, a lot of companies are closing down and it's quite sad. But I realized in doing my research that there are companies in the same field who are small and medium companies but are doing well. So what is it that those companies are doing well that other ones are not? Um, and I got this idea when I traveled to a town in Wales called Wrexham. And 20 years ago, Wrexham was one of the most dynamic towns in the UK. It was a manufacturing hub. It was dynamic. But when I went there two or three years ago, it was like a ghost town. The whole town was dead. All the shops had closed down. So what happened to Wrexham? It just closed down. Every day, the whole place just closed down. And the shopping center was a mess. That's where the question began to ask myself. Why have these people succeeded up to a point? 
and now they failed. So that's what the next book is going to be about. Um, so it's carrying on from pay the price. It's an interesting twist. It certainly is. Yeah. What does legacy mean to you? What does it mean to you to leave a legacy? So two things. Two things. I, I think there's a present legacy and there's a, a past legacy. A present legacy, like I said to you before, is a legacy you're living every single day. And you need to be intentional about it. Okay, because it is the little decisions of legacy that you do every day that compound when you die with a big legacy. Okay, people think, oh, I'm going to wait until I leave a huge amount of money when I die to this massive foundation or this massive trust. But actually, the little bits of legacy that you leave every day are compound effects. And that would build. And also, it's not just that, it also builds habits in you. Okay, so if you continually think of yourself as living a legacy every single day, you begin to build habits, which make you a kinder person, a nicer person. It makes you want to contribute to people's lives. It makes you don't want to be a jerk. You want to be. You, you want to be. Don't want to be someone who is a cheat. You want to make sure that everybody who meets you or comes in contact to you lives better than they were before. So, and for me, that that that's my driving thing that I, I hope I want to achieve. That every single day, who I meet has a positive impact. Of obviously, you fail. You're a human being. You're not going to get it always right. But there should be that intention, that deliberate decision every single day to leave a good impact on everybody you meet. If you do that every day in your business, then it's very likely that you leave a good legacy when you die. But if you don't do that in your business, you cannot suddenly wake up in the morning when you're 80 and think, oh, no, I'm going to leave a good legacy. It's too late. Um, so for me, it is important that as we start our businesses or so run our businesses, we think of every kind of act that we do as leaving a legacy. And I, 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 like I said to you, I, I had this impression when I was vaccinating people. You know, it just takes a minute to pump a needle into somebody's arm with with a vaccine, just a minute. But that legacy of them getting better from the vaccine, because in Africa we had to be vaccinated so many times against smallpox, against rickets, against so many stuff. So that vaccination is just a, like that, and it's gone. The person is gone. Next. That go, but that thing you've left is a legacy because it's going to make you feel better for the rest of your lives. So it doesn't matter the time that you meet them; it can be a minute, an hour, a day, your lifetime. It's the same thing. Sure, I think you've been put on this this earth to teach other people how to be better. What is your personal legacy? Like, what do you want to be remembered for personally? So personally, I want to be remembered, and this is being specific to me as a person, as somebody. Who brought Africa? Um, so two things: Africans a bit further on than the way before. So, and I'm passionate about Africa. I've said to you that, that before. So, my pep, my well, if if I want to be remembered by one thing, it will be that Africa was a better place because Stephen was alive. Okay, obviously that transcends into entrepreneurs because I don't even though I have a passion for Africa, of course, I also have a passion for entrepreneurs because I really believe that most of the problems in the earth. Of this world can be solved by entrepreneurs. I'll give it a, a typical example, which is which is which is crazy. I met a guy called um, George George, who is the marketing director of a company called Zipline. So basically, he went to Africa and realized that a lot of the roads were bad. People were dying in hospitals because they couldn't get the supplies to them quick enough. Because by the time you drive a car from the capital city to a, a rural area, the person is dead. The so bad. So. As an entrepreneur, he th went back and thought about it. So how can I solve this problem? And he came up with a radical idea of using drones, 
Okay, so basically the drones pick up blood from the main depot. So in in Ghana, the capital is called Accra. So it picks up the main main depot in Accra, and it can fly the drone to anywhere in the country within half an hour. Okay, and this drone just goes and drops the blood within a ten meter ten centimeter radius of the hospital, and that can be done in half an hour. You know, and that is the 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 the, the beauty of an entrepreneur. You know, we can think outside the box. The government will think, oh, let's make the roads better. Let let's buy a four by four or a, a big a big car that can navigate the roads. No. Entrepreneurs are thinking way beyond that. You know, Henry Ford thought about the car when people were thinking about horses. You know, Steve Jobs thought about, about the apps when people were going up apps for everything now. So that is the beauty of the entrepreneur, which is seen a lot in Africa actually. Which Sure. Sure. How would a person get a hold of you if they wanted to get your book, they wanted to ask you some questions, have you speak? How would they reach you? So just my name, stevenaj.com. So www.stevenaj.com. Um, I have a newsletter that I send out every two weeks on, on topics like this, about legacy, living a good life, paying the price. And that goes out every two, every two weeks. And But yes, yeah, my website, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter. But the easiest place to find everything about me is on my websites. Stephen at J is A D J E I. Well, gosh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. You, you just a wealth of knowledge around this space, not just in Africa, but around the world. So thank you for what you do. Thank you so much, Gary. It's been a pleasure. You, you, you've been a lovely host. I love the way you dig deeper. I had to really think deep to answer your questions. I mean, you're very philosophical, and a very wise man. So thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's podcast and want to learn more, visit us at southwesternlegacy.com. Shoot us an email via our easy contact form to find out how you can become an agent or how we can meet your needs for final expense coverage. You can find this and other episodes at letstalklegacypod.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Let's Talk Legacy is a presentation of the Southwestern Legacy Insurance Group, a member of Southwestern Family of Companies.